The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. Promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 17th. In today's news, Trump overrules his administration's plan to impose sanctions on Russia. A federal judge says the president cannot review the materials seized from his own lawyer. And an unprecedented number of Muslims are running in the midterms. But first, the big idea. Trump fills the job of White House communications director with himself. Hope Hicks announced her departure as White House communications director in February. But the president has still not picked a replacement. Instead, he's doing the job himself. He drafts talking points. He organizes surrogates. He oversees rapid response. He maintains relationships with influential media figures over dinners, rounds of golf, and long phone calls. And of course, he manages his own social media presence. Since the 2016 election, five people have now done six stints as Trump's communications director. One reason it's such an impossible job is that the former reality television star in the Oval Office will always consider himself his own best spokesman. Let's look at the Jim Comey kerfuffle over the past year, for example, to understand the extent to which Trump sees press as central to his personal portfolio. A senior administration official says the president was personally involved in drafting the scorching statement attacking Comey that White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders read from the podium last Friday. After watching media coverage of the book, Trump has now posted tweets blasting Comey by name on three of the past four days. Last June, when Comey testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee shortly after he was fired, Trump cleared his schedule so that he could watch live from a White House dining room with lawyers and advisors. As then-Press Secretary Sean Spicer put it at the time, ultimately, the best messenger is the president himself. But by often changing his story and focusing on whatever's on his mind at any given moment, the president has routinely undercut and contradicted his own spokespeople. As a very active president with lots of things happening, Trump tweeted last May, it's not possible for my surrogates to stand at the podium with perfect accuracy. In January 2017, when Comey traveled with leaders of the intelligence community to New York to brief the president-elect on Russian efforts to interfere in the election, Comey writes in his new book that he was struck by how quickly Trump tried to change the conversation from national security to communications. Jim Clapper, who was then the director of national intelligence, told Trump that the Russians had tried to hurt Hillary Clinton and help him. The president-elect's first question was to confirm that it had no impact on the election results. Clapper explained that they didn't do an analysis of whether the Russians' work was effective in changing votes or changing the sentiment of the electorate. Comey says the conversation, to his surprise, then moved into a PR conversation about how the Trump team would position this and what they could say about it. He says Trump actually started talking about drafting a press release while all of them were still sitting there. To put it mildly, that's not normally how it's done. As Comey put it during his interview with George Stephanopoulos that aired on Sunday, quote, the intelligence community does intelligence, the White House does PR and spin. 
And the searing lesson of the Iraq war is you don't mix the two. Part of what's happening here is that Trump believes he can talk his way out of any pickle. That's why he's been more willing to sit down for an interview with special counsel Bob Mueller's team than his lawyers, who openly fret that he'll commit perjury. For decades, back in the day, Trump routinely masqueraded as his own spokesman to brag about himself to reporters. From the 1970s through the 1990s, the president would repeatedly call people up, usually people like tabloid reporters or from celebrity magazines, and claim to be someone named John Miller or John Barron. Then he'd talk about himself. The president trying to be his own flat creates a host of problems. A West Wing aide said just last week that right now in the White House, it's like everybody wakes up every morning and does whatever is right in front of them. As this person put it, quote, oh my God, Trump Tower is on fire. Oh my God, they raided Michael Cohen's office. Oh my God, we're going to bomb Syria. Whatever is there is what people respond to. And there is no proactive strategic thinking. That's what a West Wing aide says. Trump made his own legal headaches worse last summer when he personally dictated the misleading statement claiming that his son Don Jr.'s meeting with a Russian lawyer at Trump Tower in June 2016 was primarily about adoption. Three days later, Trump Jr. was forced to acknowledge that he accepted the meeting only after receiving an email promising dirt about Hillary Clinton as part of the Russian government's effort to help his father's campaign. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump halted a plan to impose new Russian sanctions after the Kremlin denounced it as, quote, international economic rating. The move is a remarkable rebuke of a public announcement made on Sunday by UN Ambassador Nikki Haley that the United States would imminently move forward with the sanctions. Trump conferred with his national security advisors on Sunday and told them that he was upset that the sanctions were being rolled out. He said he wasn't comfortable in executing them. So the administration has decided to publicly characterize Haley's announcement that sanctions were impending as a misstatement. But privately, administration officials admit that's not actually true. It also doesn't pass the smell test. Haley's one of the most disciplined and cautious members of the cabinet, and she regularly checks in with the president personally to go over her statements like this before she makes them. Number two. A federal judge in Manhattan denied Trump's request to review materials seized last week from the office of his lawyer, Michael Cohen. But the judge did say that she was considering appointing an outside attorney to assess any potential claims of attorney-client privilege. Not because of legal precedent, but in the interest of avoiding the appearance of bias in the politically charged case. The hearing took another unexpected turn when Fox News host Sean Hannity was named as one of Cohen's three legal clients. This revelation prompted gasps inside the courtroom. Hannity is in damage control mode and trying to downplay his relationship. He said Cohen did not arrange any deal between him and a third party. Stormy Daniels, the adult film star who received hush money from Cohen before the 2016 election to not talk about her alleged affair with Trump, was in the courtroom for the hearing. Number three. Trump's presidency has sparked what's being called a blue Muslim wave of candidates for the midterms. More than 90 American Muslims, nearly all of them Democrats, are running for public office across the country this year. Many are young and politically experienced, and most are long shots. But they represent a collective gamble that voters are so disgusted by America's least popular president on record that they're willing to elect members of America's least popular religious minority group. The candidacies mark a watershed moment 
for the nation's diverse Muslim community that has long been way underrepresented in American politics. Some candidates and political activists say that even if no Muslim candidate actually wins a seat this year, the blue Muslim wave will still have accomplished something. The American public will grow more accustomed to seeing Muslim candidates, they say, and Muslim youth will see candidates who look like them and share their values. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 17th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.